Hello there, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann. Hey, thanks for checking out this very special episode of the Attitude Podcast, where myself and Adam are going to review one of the all-time great wrestling albums, and there's quite a few. It's WWF Aggression, from the height of the Attitude Era, and a period which we covered in-depth over at the SmackDown Crawl, which is over 52 episodes deep, if you can believe. Hey, if you are not already a backer on Patreon, this is an example of the type of content that you will be getting. Full-length in in-depth episodes the likes of this, Smackdown Crawl, The Bibliotech, where we have multiple part podcast series going in-depth on wrestling autobiographies, or in Ryback and Triple H's cases, uh, self-help, self-improvement books, question mark? And hey, if you are a backer over at patreon.com forward slash a podcast, you think, hey, I saw this piece of content six months ago, this is up in the main timeline now, where's my piece of that cheddar? Well, relax, there's plenty of cheddar to go around, because right now, exclusively on Patreon, there is the new installment of our video episode series, Gamesmanship, this episode featuring the one and only Billy Keeble and Adam as they go on a Wii adventure. And no, I don't mean a small adventure. I'm talking about they are playing in depth all of the WWE games on Nintendo Wii. It is a full feature length video episode. It is absolutely beautiful. Get access to that and all the other Gamesmanship episodes as well as the SmackDown Crawl, as well as the Bibliotech and a whole lot more for just $5. You want to bump up to $10, get access to over 25 Q&A episodes from myself, Adam, and Billy. And right now, if you are a $20 backer, the Dan Severn tier, you get every single one of our audio commentary tracks from Selfie for free. As well as making a crazy saving, you're going to get first-hand access right now before everyone else. Adam and I have done a commentary track for Spider-Man. And no, not Far From Home. No, not the good one. No, not the multiverse. None of these good movies. We're talking about classic Sam Raimi Spider-Man with Macho Man Randy Savage. It will be at selfie.com forward slash podcast. But honestly, you want to make a saving and support the show directly, head over to patreon.com forward slash podcast. Become a $20 backer, get access to all of the commentary tracks and everything we mentioned at the $10 and $5 level. That's enough from me. Enjoy this. It's a blast. This is WWF Aggression. 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 WWF. How you doing, Adam? It's uh, time to review. As you've pointed out to me before you record, this is one of the most, not put off, but long overdue. Yeah. A long overdue delve back into the musical world. Sorry, I really thought you burped at the very start. <laughs> <laughs> really put me in a funny place for this recording. Coming. I'm all about burping out my lyrics, man. Uh, so we're here today to talk about WWF Aggression. Very, very oft-requested. Yes. Oft-recommended. Yes. Frequently demanded. Frequently teased, in fact. I think we've been teasing it for a few years now. Oh, Kevin. we have been teased it a little bit. How's your father? Showing a bit of ankle there on the side of the road. Yeah, and here we are finally with Aggression. This is... One of the biggest and most successful albums that WWF has ever produced. And honestly, looking back now in the year 2000, pretty prescient for them and pretty ahead of the curb. Mm -hmm. And like, never in a million years are they ever really close to having their finger on the pulse, it feels like. And yet in 2000, when metal and uh, rap were kind of having horrible babies and whatnot, uh, they managed to seize in there and get into that rap and hip-hop style of things. And managed to make a rap album with 
some of the fucking hugest goddamn names, like, this is a very impressive list of clientele we have here tonight. Yeah, I was actually gobsmacked looking at the track listing here, because they, they must have spent quite a lot of money on getting all this talent, because we're talking some of the biggest names of the early 2000s here, like... Yeah, uh, these are names that even I recognise, and I being... I don't, I'm not going to say I'm no fan of hip-hop, because I was a big, big fan of hip-hop, mm-hmm. you know, um... Some hip-hop that I've listened to, I mean, I was a fan of Public Enemy, Mm because I was an angry teenager. I've seen them live. Really? Yeah, in Sheffield. (laughs) Wow! Sheffield tramlines. How about that, like? (laughs) Uh, I listened to Public Enemy when I was an angry teenager, I also listened to NWA, and Mm -hmm. then my black roommate was like, what does that sound for then, Kevin? I was like, sorry, and I put it away, like, you know. Because really the trials and tribulations of a young boy from Westmeath weren't really on those about those living in Compton. It was probably a, a, different. a little bit different. It was a bit of a reach for me there. But I mean, my brother was always into like kind of uh, alternative hip hop and stuff like that. You know, names like LP and you know, Aesop Rock and, uh, you know, Jedi Mind Tricks. Yeah. I was I was lucky to get some good hip hop in my diet like you know yeah. a big fan of the Beastie Boys growing up I, yeah. mean, I, th- I think like it's it's safe to say that like uh, rap and hip hop is a much broader church than, uh, than than maybe folks give it credit for and if you look back kind of thoroughly in your, your life's history you probably have listened to a fair bit I mean were you a kid of Eminem as well, like me? Yeah, Eminem was probably the first hip-hop I was into as a child. i tell you what really changed things for me. Quite genuinely, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas was really? the first time I really heard all these different kinds of hip-hop and enjoyed all of them. Because it's like, like, just calling it hip-hop is such a fucking well, narrow it, thing. Yeah. Like. Even East Coast and West Coast is a big difference. Like, I'm no expert by any means. Like I'm like you, where there's a handful of like specific artists or groups that I've listened to a lot. And then a lot of generalisation. Like, I've got the Ministry of Sound hip-hop collection. Like, <laughs> that's a part of my hip-hop library. So is like, it safe to say that you and I, while maybe we have dipped our toes into hip-hop and have enjoyed it in the past, we were by no means at all, at all, at all experts about this. Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. And dare I say, we may even put our foot in it at some point, Kevin. So yeah, uh, with regards to these artists, even though the name recognition might be there, uh, familiarity with the discography is pretty much non-existent for, for most of the folks here tonight. Except I did recognise some names from this did also appear on Chef Age. Oh, really? Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne, Old Dirty Bastard, and Crystal Methods. (laughs) Ozzy Osbourne is not on this album. No, but Old Dirty Bastard is. Yeah? Old Dirty Bastard is. What track was his on uh, Chef Age? Ain't ain't nowhere to run. Ain't ain't nowhere to run. <laughs> and of course, as well, Cartman kept bringing up Mac Ten uh, when oh, they yeah. got a bullet in the bubble goose. Which uh, I, I listened yeah. to that album and constantly when I was like nine. Yeah, whoosh, right, yeah, <laughs> right over my yeah. Sunday afternoon head. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, as well. I mean, I remember Eminem being like a big thing in mm. childhood because it it came like the exact same time as like Wrestling. Oh, I meant to watch that, but mm-hmm. you're watching it. South Park. Mm-hmm. Eminem was exactly in that category. Like, this is exactly the thing, like, that you know you weren't meant to listen to, but we're like, Mom, Dad, can you get me the new Eminem? Like, okay. Literally in the music mm. videos. Like, yeah. Like, a little kid trying to buy the CD, and Eminem being like, oh, no, 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 but a little wink. Like, yeah, you have to, like, ask them really nicely to get it, like, you know. It's the same kind of passive-aggressive marketing tactics that did the Transformers so well all these years. Yeah. Like, oh, Megatron, what's wrong? I'm dying. Not enough children have bought the new Megazord collection. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just crossed the streams of Power Rangers and uh, Transformers. Who oh, fucking cares? But it was to prove a point about hip hop, so it's okay, <laughs> all right? It's fine. <laughs> the whitest hip hop review you'll have ever heard. And I'll tell you about my, my very white hip hop experience, which was uh, my dad loves loves all music. He's a total like you know kid of the fucking 60s and all that in terms yeah, of you know, yeah. he, he likes his main timeline stuff he's obsessive about certain artists but my dad has always prided himself on liking all pop music loves Lady Gaga loved fucking you know Snow Patrol okay. all, if it came out and it was in the top 10 my dad would go and buy the CD because it's like well that's the music that people like okay. so when he heard that I was into Eminem he was like well I'll give that a listen as well mm-hmm. and drive him back to boarding school one foggy Sunday night and like, I forget what but there's one track on one of the albums of, of of Eminem where it's like two minutes of his dick being sucked and it's like bleh, bleh, bleh. And it's, there's a Scooby-Doo reference in there as well and it's literally, there's literally the line give me my dick back and I remember sitting there with my dad going right I'm gonna give this around twenty seconds, and he'll he'll skip it. And we just sat there. I was like, "Wow!" Oh, this, no one skipped this it. This is brinksmanship to the fucking oh, end. Oh no! I think it's when he said, "Give me my dick back." I'm like, "Oh, just, okay. you know, let's just skip along." You know, it wasn't as a, you know, it was just awkward and whatnot. There was no payoff. No. Unlike, for instance, when I listened to Electric Six, another kind of slightly raunchy band, mm. where my mum was dropping me back to boarding school when I was a kid once, and she didn't like Electric Six because they had them raunchy lyrics, Rudy. didn't they? And she was there looking kind of angry, and it's like, I want to reach down hmm, between my legs hmm, and ease the seat back. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, they tricked you. Good times, had by all. So, we've got 13 dirty tracks here to get through. We do. Like you say, just before we get into the tracks themselves, a little more background. As you say, it was a very big success. It Jim got... Johnson, exec producer, like. Yeah, and there was a lot of different, like, big names of hip-hop that produced different tracks on this as well. And in hip-hop, the whoever's producing the track is... is obviously very very important as well as not just who's doing the lyrics or performing so, I understand, so yes. we have understood it to be so yeah it's like that with hip hop and with metal I think is it I think so yeah good also, to know also this came out under Priority Records which apparently is a big hip hop label like they've had pretty much everyone on this CD has been signed to Priority at some point everyone like, after that was like oh, what can we do like second class records like they got Priority I was like <laughs> I'm sorry, like, you know. <laughs> then, of course, Fast Pass Records came out and changed Express the game, records, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just so we get a little feel for what kind of vibe we're going with musically at the time. This, this is this is 2000, right? This is 2000. Yeah. We got to number eight in the Billboard chart that Fucking week. Fucking hell! Yeah, yeah. It was pretty good. That's like, one of the highest trying WBF albums of all time, it's got to be. like got to be the highest, I yeah. would have thought. Because, like. you know what, we've mentioned this so many times, and, like, so many people, not just, you know, from America or whatnot, like... All across our worldwide fan base, uh, I'm just saying that we got people in different countries. I'm saying we're a global phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so many people, are like this was my childhood. This, yeah. this was in the Walkman. Like yeah. I was spinning this disc constantly. Like so, very popular. I think because they had recognizable names on it, more people bought it. Unlike originals, where it's like I don't want to fucking hear Rey Mysterio singing. And like, yeah, it turns out Stacey Keebler, you know, thinking about her singing was much better than actually hearing her sing. Like yeah. you know. But just for some context, around the time of this album coming out, we had in the charts No Strings Attached by NSYNC. No, I don't want no strings attached to this that relationship. TLC, you know. and you know it. Hanging on the passenger's side of his best friend's ride, trying to backstreet boy. 
Unleash the Dragon by Cisco, which I'm going to assume has the thong song on it, otherwise it wouldn't even be in the charts, <laughs> like, in the first place. Ah, uh, simply time, like, it's the Millennium! <laughs> and randomly, Supernatural by Santana was really high up in the charts wow, as well. Wow, okay. It's like, what the fuck, Santana? And then you remember he had that one song in the early 2000s that was like, Oh, it's just like the ocean under the moon. Oh, it's the same as the emotion that I get from you, girl. Fuck it about it that one yeah I, I did and yeah so did everyone else because I don't think Santana got that high in the charts again <laughs> after the <laughs> oh, oh, eh, eh. such fucking obnoxious music oh my god I think it's yeah that's very good to point out because what we have here is for many ways it's peak kind of like, I'm not going to clean my room up. It's peak, like, kind of naughty hip-hop. Yeah. Like, that it is meant to be edgy, but it's so kind of, like, faux-manufactured edgy. That it, yeah. They know that this is going for, like, the 15-year-old boy is the kind of, is the target demo for this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, lots of salt and pepper and all that. But I think it's worth you pointing it out that it wasn't just hip-hop, but maybe music and a lot of media as a whole was struggling with this kind of edginess at the time. Because mm. I think... The, Looking back in 2000, at most things, it's a little bit shocking to see kind of like how cringy things from 19 years ago appear now. Like, yeah. And uh, hip hop, and surprisingly, the WWF hip hop collaboration is not an exception to this real life, you know? Sorry, can that be our new tagline for the show? What? It's surprising how cringy things are from 19 (laughs) years ago. I love people who still think that we love the attitude era. Like. I just absolutely love it. Like you know, because uh, there was something the other day who was like, who tweeted, you know, that people who think the attitude era was the best era of wrestling still wear lugs. And I was going to retweet it, and I was like, no, because people are going to think that oh, that's what we are. Like, yeah. so I just like I'll just leave it, leave it well be. Like you know, leave it well be. Thirteen dirty tracks, rap, August hip hop. Run DMC starting us off with their song, The Kings! Yes. You've made your feelings perfectly clear on this track in the past. I, I have. And in the past, and I need to remind myself sometimes that that was like six years ago. Mm-hmm. And having listened to this track in full twice, oh. I've changed my tune a little bit. Oh, would you look at this? And I'll tell you why now. I'd never listened to Aggression before, like at all. Mm. I'd, I'd listened to the Big Show's theme a yeah. lot, yes. Yeah. But I've never listened to Aggression before. And the bit at the start, the king of rap who, the king of rap what, which goes on for around, it's like a fucking Leonard Cohen song at the start of this thing. The well, long bit. Also, it's it's rock, not rap. Rap. Th- these rappers are rapping about how they're the kings of rock. Yeah. Well, I'll be. That's like Willie Nelson saying he's the king of western and country. <laughs> but, <laughs> but once they get past that bit, and honestly, think about it. By the time they get past that bit, everyone's well into the ring and has already done their crotch chops yeah. and Tori's done a bit of a dance and, you know, everyone's found inner peace. Once they get into the meat and blue veg of the actual rap, run DMC, they're fine rappers, let me tell you. You know, th- this is some fucking good shit. And I'm, I'm, I've changed my tune. I don't like the star of it. I hate it as an entrance music. But the actual bulk of the piece 
I'm okay with it now. And I've changed my tune on it. And I, I've changed my tune by listening to it more. And, okay. And I, I've chastised past me for, for not giving it. You know, I should have realised that just watching it with the context of Billy Gunn and Stephanie McMahon coming out mm. wasn't really how the artists wanted it to be taken it in. So not exactly. Point taken, internet. I'm really glad. That's very grown up of you, Kevin. Like. It is. I'm very grown up because I'm talking about a fucking hip hop song from 19 years ago. <laughs> the King of Rock Who, that be my hobby and job. And when I come and bring the ruckus, suckers duck and they dodge. Don't they now? They do. That's the DX motto. Podcasting be my hobby and job. You know. Could it, does that make it a jobby? I'm not sure, like, you know. Um, a couple of lyrics here which stood out to me in the piece. And this is throughout the album, the piece as a whole, the yeah. album. There is a lot of references to media of the time. Even you and R. Kelly believe I can fly. Yes, please. That's like the first lyric after the bit there. Like, we straight away, R. Kelly reference. Yeah. Dated. It's dated pretty badly, like, mm. you know. If last all if all we believed about R. Kelly now was that he believed that you could fly, his belief in you, that would be a much different thing. But we believe all sorts of things about <laughs> R. Kelly now that we know to be true. The, the best lines by far for me has to be like halfway through it. it. A lot of the tracks in this album suffer from the Jim Johnston syndrome. Yeah, second and third verse. Front loaded yeah. with the great lyrics, and then you get to things like, Well, rock around for me, and rock around for you. And everybody catch the Boogaloo Blue. <laughs> yes! That's great. That's like if I was in a rap collective and everyone was doing their bit, I'm like, uh, a rock for me and a rap for you. Diddly do, Boogaloo. My name's Cowboy Kevin and I'm here to say it's fun to rap in a cowboy way. And I'm out of Biblo and I'm here to say Kevin did his bit and now Glad Gay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. There's a part as well where it seems like like Run DMC have just has just been picked up chatting about like how great life is at the moment. He's like, yeah, I don't even have to release a record, man. I still get great royalties from the background checks. Yeah, back in the net, you know. <laughs> Haven't released an album in four years. Look at that royalty check, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great, man. Did you uh, did you watch the music video for this one, Kevin? I did. Yes, it was uh, quite breathtaking. Uh, quite breathtaking in that I don't think I've ever seen Stephanie McMahon that uncomfortable mm. in my life. Even having thousands of people chance to look at her won't make her as uncomfortable as doing a music video with X Pac and Billy Gunn. Like. There's something about when you take certain people out of the bubble of wrestling and you put them in the real world. It's like you know they just they're exposed. Like, yeah, mm. and. No one epitomizes that more than Vince McMahon. Oh yeah, definitely. And Stephanie's gotten a lot better at it, mainly because it's her job. Her job is to be the acceptable face of evil, like yeah. for, for WWE. Well, that's true. You know, uh, you know, a spoonful of Stephanie helps the blood money go down. Like, you if know? Vince is the gigantic flaming eye, then Stephanie is totally the mouth of Sauron. Like, she's there to sort of be the public face of things. With like... whom of you am I bid to treat? <laughs> oh, get out of here, you deleted scene motherfucker! Like, <laughs> mouth of Sauron. There's a big fucking mouth on him. Brush your teeth you freak <laughs> with Snitsky watch right here right now yeah he's in fucking Mordor having a chat with Aragon <laughs> trying to treat before a fucking battle like <laughs> did you uh, did you catch Matt and Jeff in the music video oh were they there yeah if you remember it was in the Hardy of Boys of course board. yes yeah they, they were there 
for Jeff to do a swanton off of like a big bit of rigging. And he's literally like, oh, there, Jeff does a swanton. Then we flip the image and see it from the other side. Yeah. And you see it like four more times. Is this the canonical like DX pledges gimmick? Like they're never going to take Aww. it off. It's like, yeah, we're going to bring it back in the year 2000. But we've already been tagged him. Shut up and jib off the ladder. Aww. Don't make me get Michael Hayes. They uh, goes after, you know, it, it wouldn't be a good bit of uh, rapsmanship here if he didn't kind of, you know, go after some people. There's, there's an Alan Partridge vibe to this song in more ways than one. Uh, the sample happy suckers out there breaking the laws. I suggest you get lawyers because you'll be picking up your teeth with a broken arm, yeah? Wow. He's, he's really upset about them. Yeah. Sample happy suckers. <laughs> now, second verse syndrome. Yeah. Fourth verse syndrome. Oh dear. This is where it gets going because this is where we get into my favourite part of any rap song, which is the fruit verse. An apple to a peach and a cherry to a plum. We won't stop rocking till you all get some. Vitamin C is good for my friends. <laughs> I think it bursts into the educational rap here. Like, there's something that you need to know the seed to the apple and the apple to the core. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are the two with rhymes galore. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they do mention DX in here. Well, yeah, they say D-Generation X. Coming to your town. Oh, and also in the video, did you notice the DX guy? <laughs> Which DX guy? In, in, in the song, every now and then you hear it go, D-Generation And in the video, every time that happened, you get at the front of the DX Express, the lad from the DX yeah, band, the he pops up and like, D-Generation! They kept him, Kevin. What? Have they still kept him? What I don't happened? know, maybe. You may have to watch some episodes of Run's House on a repeat to check out if he showed up in their house. Or what's that? Is it like inside the WWE warehouse on YouTube? <laughs> like find some old crate with him in there? Like I don't know, maybe like when they did that revamp of Rage Against the Machine and it was like, oh, it's a bit strange them reforming after all those things they said. Mm. Let's get him instead. <laughs> it's alright, like, you know. So, yeah, Run DMC fact. After releasing the track My Adidas, they got a 1.6 million endorsement from... Adidas. Yes, very good. Very, very good. Got it right. So, for me, listen to the full bit again. Much prefer the song. Yes. Um, Still as an entrance theme, mm, not my cup of tea. But I will say this. If you're someone who was slinging this disc in your Walkman, Mm. going around listening to this one on repeat, you know, and then that music hits... You're not going to think, oh, it's only the entrance beat. You're going to think of the whole song and all yeah. those feelings will come back. Mm-hmm. I can't undo 19 years of thinking a certain way about a song, but I'll try my hardest with my newfound respect for Run DMC. Well, Kevin, it's tricky. That's, hey, that's, hey. Uh, Run come on now. DMC. If Billy was here, he'd be SSX jokes together and all that. Oh, because you do an SSX Tricky, isn't it? Like, it's Tricky. Did that song play in SSX Tricky? Oh, yeah. Whenever you went into, I think it was called Tricky Mode. Really? And you, like, everything went gold and it was like, It's Tricky Do Rock. It's Tricky Do As your high scores is going up, Run DMC, their uh, their bank account is just increasing. Like, you know, the money is going Fast up. Fast like, You don't have to release any albums, man. It's great. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Good start. Coming up next, the difficult second track of the album, as Cool Keith, an old dirty bastard, bring us Rick. Right. Okay. Um, ah. So it's got the car. Ah, fuck it. Play something else. Now, Mick Foley and hip hop are two worlds which 
finally have come together. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> live long last. At long last, I have a massive issue with this song. These lyrics are fucking horrendous. And there's a few times in this album where it's like, look, we just had extra lyrics lying around. We didn't, yeah. you know. I mean, we're gonna fucking write a rap about you know mankind again. It's hard, right? But at least they're decent lyrics or it's a banging song this has got fucking nothing going for as far as I'm concerned it's like it's alien to the concept of anything to do with any of the aspects of uh, of Mick Foley like well that's it I think with all these tracks you can either go the approach of make the music focus on the wrestler's music or make the lyrics focus on the wrestler and this track does neither of them the music sounds nothing like Mick's track and like you say the lyrics have nothing to do with him um have you got the lyrics there? No, I've got a little bit of the lyrics. Yes. The only bit I've got, because this is such a Parappa the Rapper vibe. Literally, the chorus is punch, kick, bite. <laughs> that's it. Like, it's fucking rubbish. Uh, that's all the Mick Foley's moves. I just got to hear punch and kicking and biting and nothing else. Right, um, I do have some choice lyrics I wish to share with the class. Okay. So we can go through some of these ones. Which of the faces of Foley does this remind you of? Gypsy cabs burn rubber. Signing autographs for Danny Glover, Donny Osmond, and Dennis Rodman up in an empty furniture apartment with Mexican maids rubbing the spots out the carpet. We move and face our targets. What the fuck was that? It's garbled nonsense. I think how are the different like faces of Foley reconcile themselves with that? I mean, this is like literally like a really weird Cactus Jack ECW. The ones you don't hear about, like <laughs> signing autographs for Danny Glover, Danny Osmond, and Dennis Rodman. You sick sons of bitches! What the fuck? Uh, and then, of course, later on here. We get into some, uh, this is our first uh, N-word of the evening, of oh, course. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, later on we get this one about, uh, what is the one about? Piss. I mean, it is a clean album. They drop the Gs from the N-word. They, they will bleep a thing every now and then. Yeah. But it has got the Roman Reigns syndrome where bitch is okay. So yeah. uh, everyone go fucking wild for bitch. Different time, 2000, when the word bitch was just used lots. People still got offended, but they weren't, you know, they had yeah. no power over it. Literally. Like, yeah. like, enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody seen the girls pee on the mattress. <laughs> Nobody's seen the girls pee on the mattress. Nobody's seen the girls pee on the mattresses. Hey. Dude piss. He's just a dude piss favorite. He is the king of piss. And then he's just, you know, flying around through a big bowl of piss, you know, waving just a yellow tide <laughs> <laughs> this one was not sweet like Tropicana it was sour like Tropicana grapefruit flavour mm. uh, it wasn't good I uh, would not recommend this one for anyone big thumbs down <laughs> sorry I wrote my notes piss and then oh Adam frowny face but it looks like it says piss on Adam frowny face <laughs> well it says it in the notebook so <laughs> come on <laughs> Coming up next, for me, this is the standout track of the album. Oh, really? Mainline-wise, just in that it hits all the right notes. Yes. You got fucking Method Man. Yes. Know your role, The Rock. Come on. Come on. 
Do you smell what the yeah. rock is cooking? Yeah, finally, the rock has come back. Laying down the smack on you monkey crap, candy-coated acts. Enter the squared circle with the great one, the most electrifying moves. Don't touch the station. This is a perfect fit. I wrote down at the start, surely this is a perfect fit. Listen to it. It was a perfect fit. Because he's on brand, Adam. He says the rock 40 times in this mm -hmm. song. He says is cooking 32 times in this yeah. song. It's, he gets everything across it's so good one i'm with you for the most part yeah. one thing i disagree with is the opening of the song is like you smell what the rock is cooking is cooking is oh no they're after me i better get on my horse Yeah, it is it's, a now, load of bugger red footsteps. It, now, I was thinking that and I, I have I have done a comparison here. I was talking about really there is shoes. I was I popped for the shoe noise. I think mm -hmm. shoes are walking. Like the idea of someone's like, uh oh, the song is starting because they're walking to the microphone. Like, <laughs> but I would say it's an authoritative gate that Method Man has got here. Assuming it's him who's walking up to the mic to, to drop these lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's much more confident in his stepping yeah, than The Undertaker was. Not to say The Undertaker's not confident, but his confidence shows itself in another way. The fact that it's quite slow, shambolic. What, is this man dead? Like, why is he so slow? Oh, he is. Uh, he is dead. Now keep rolling on there, right? So I thought this song was, was great from the offset. The catchphrases, the verbiage, he uses jabroni. He talks about smelling what the rock is cooking. Fucking Method Man, Wu-Tang Clan, fucking smart branding right here. Mm -hmm. The Wu-Tang Clan are all about that smart branding, and he's all about that synergy. Raw is War, mentioned. Yeah. SummerSlam, mentioned. SmackDown, No Way Out, Beats here, pay-per-views are getting this. Yeah. You know, that's fucking great. He read the brief, and he went above and beyond what they were asking for here. I like. wrote down here, Method Man, surely he's a fan. I got, you know what, it doesn't matter, because he's such a professional, there's such a method to his madness, that it didn't matter if he was a fan, because he would have done the research. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Great job. I'll say, okay, so first verse, this is the strongest for sure. It's, yo, finally the rock has come back. That's one of the catchphrases. That's good. Yeah, good. Laying down the smack. That's yeah. another, another one. Another one. On your monkey crap. That's another one. Candy coated ass. That's kind of close enough. Every like. single line here feels like he's going for it. That's yeah. great. Enter the squared circle with the great one. Most electrifying moves. Don't change the station. Children and their children. They all chant with the millions and millions of the rock's fans. This is all very Ooh. good. Get ready for the square dance. Here's your chance for a can of ass weapon from the people's champ. Like, okay, we've got a little muddied at the end there, but it's, yeah, it's, good, it's good enough. Well, good enough. Verse two. Jabroni, check yourself. You don't know me. That's good. Rock says I Jabroni. I like that. He does. says a lot. Jabroni. Okay, we're using it again, but that's fine. It's maybe Brian Christopher getting a few ideas. <laughs> Jabroni, go back to the gym. You're too bony. Oh, that's an X-pop dig right there. So you want a piece of the rock? Make you crumble? Okay. In these WrestleManias... Well, hang on. I would love a piece of the rock's crumble. I mean, it's not his cheat Oh, day. it's like he'll make a you a crumble. A massive crumble. Okay. Like, you know, and then he picks it up and he's fucking clanging and banging with it. So like. you want a piece of the rock? Make you a crumble. There you go. In these WrestleManias, kid, we Royal Rumble. Now we are getting to the point where it is just like, just insert phrase here. Telling us Raw is war, what the hell you think we came for? Now he is getting a little bit on the lines of the poke rap here now, isn't he? Where it's just like, look, just mention everything that you can. Like, cram them in Cram them in yeah. there. It's still good though. I, oh no, it's good. I think, like you say, Method Man went above and beyond with the effort to make it at least fit the wrestler. And right. I will be listening to this when I'm in the gym. Wu-Tang clanging and banging. <laughs> Coming up next, Snoop Dogg and Dub C. Hey! 
Hell yeah. Snoop Dogg. Dub C. All up in here. Bang, 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 Cold of the nights, dropping these things on your dome. Hitting up my enemies, man, dogging them with a heart full of stone. Oh, yeah. This is great. It's got that really basic. It's so fucking good. This is like what I thought all this would be, which is like really competent, very like. There's something about seeing like someone who knows how to fucking rap just like be able to listen to anything that has a beat to it and just add lyrics to it. Like I was very fortunate in skill that like there was a number of folks from all corners of the world and I used to get to see folks just do freestyle rap and stuff. And it's fucking awesome. It's unbelievable. Billy's shown us some stuff for like some of the freestyle events and things like that. that oh happened. yeah, we used to watch a lot of Don't Flop at you. Yeah, like, yeah. fucking hell. It, nothing like it. And this is what I was hoping the album would a lot of it would be. It's just like play one of the objectively great themes in wrestling and have an ale rap over That's it. That's all we needed, yeah. I would say, Dub C's voice is so fucking unique and yeah. so brilliant. I adored it. And he does do like the majority of the heavy lifting on this track as well, because it's mostly Dub C doing all the really competent, fast flow, good rapping, and then Snoop Dogg comes like, in and Slow like, down, player, we got their money like, you know. When I say hell, you say yeah. Hell. Yeah. Hell. Yeah. Now pay me. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate Snoop Dogg's his wrestling presence. fandom and his presence. Yeah. You know, uh, there is a melodic quality to the voice of Snoop Dogg. He's a he's a lion now, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, he's a... Wait, is that the most recent one or is Snoop Zilla the most least recent Whoa, one? Whoa, Snoop Zilla! I'm pretty sure Lion we were a few years back now. We're on yeah, Snoop yeah. Zilla these days. Or maybe wow. he's gone back to Dog again. A fan of Snoop Dogg. I think he's a, 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 a calming presence. I think he is a very... What's the word? Like, he, he obviously is someone who's transcended above hip-hop. Oh, absolutely. That's why you, know. you, you see him in Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson's hit movie, Starsky and Hutch, oh, playing the role of Huggy Bear. Was it you who made me watch Starsky and Hutch again? <laughs> absolutely not. Are no. you sure? Po- I swore. Almost positive it wasn't me. I swore there was someone in my friendship group who was like, oh, it's so bad, we gotta go watch it again. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, huh. That was a very boring 80 minutes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that weren't me. <laughs> that wasn't you? No. Right, okay. I must admit, it is a bit weird here in Stone Cold being dragged into to the world of, uh, of, of hip-hop and rap here. Because yeah. he, he's got a country compilation. If um, rumours are to be believed, this is not necessarily his forte, let's just say. Well, you never know. He likes. He's a big fan of Rage Against the Machine. And they've, they've got some hip-hoppy elements to their music, I guess. That's true. I mean, lyrically, this is good. It's not really about Austin at all. It's just like nope. using his music... Uh, and if you like what you see, say hell yeah. Hell yeah. There's something about that now where it's like, Snoop's lines are so kind of like, I don't say pedestrian, but they're so kind of like, can you dig it? You rap too. Like, Honestly. Very straightforward stuff. So what I'm saying about these different songs catching the element or the essence of the wrestlers in question, last one we had an issue with, I just, you know, the, the, with Wreck we had an issue with that one, obviously. But with this, just hear this, in Steve Austin's voice, okay? Because this is like, this is what comes at the end of it, okay? If you're down with these hits, say hell yeah. If you came to get busy, say hell yeah. If you like what you see, say hell yeah. If you're down with me, say hell yeah. If you like what you see, say hell yeah. If you're down with Stone Cold, say hell yeah. Party people in the house, say 
Oh hell yeah! Wow. It's uh, it's it's not really an Austin frame of mind, is well, it? As soon as you do it in Austin's voice, it becomes apparent to me. Why couldn't they have put "Give me a hell yeah"? Like even just that one little change would have helped a little bit. I mean, say hell yeah. I, it's a much easier rhyming structure, I think, is what we're dealing with mm. then as a result. Not very good. Coming up next, Red Man with no chance. So this is about Vince McMahon, allegedly about Vince McMahon. Vince McRedman. Vince McRedman. It's not just Redman. It's Redman and Rock. Oh, not the Rock. Rock feet. Peanut Butter Wolf. Peanut Butter Wolf. Which is a hell of a name. That is such a gamer tag name. Oh like. man, it's kind of like, look, I know you think that we're getting you an Easter Bunny full of Reese's. It's a bit late. So I got you, an edgy teenager, a Peanut Butter Wolf. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I hate it, but then I'm going to eat it later on. Shh, don't tell anyone. You're too frail to fail, pal. Uh, mm. Yeah, frailty is a. It, it's an absurd song, this one, I think. It, again, doesn't remind me of the actual music, apart from the fact they say no chance in hell quite a lot. That's a great phrase. That's what they went with. It is, but there's, there's no Vince-isms or anything in there. What are you talking about? People are always coveting Vince McMahon's rims. <laughs> Vince, you know, did you read that thread on Twitter the other day? All the crazy Vince stories. Stealing yeah. test drive Mercedes, taking them right out the lot, like, you know. I will also say as well, this, this fucking song... It is used the phrase, you can't see me, multiple yeah. times. And they even say it in a proper, you can't see me kind of way. Like, it's really mm. highlighted in bold. Hmm. Mm. Now, mm. John Cena in West Newbury, born and raised, mm. in front of the wrestlings where he spent most of his days, mm-hmm. chilling out, and maxing, all cool. And then he sears this fucking WF Aggression album and says on his documentary, The John Cena Experience, that oh, I'll just play around with my friends and we came up with you can't see me. oh he came up with it yourself did you yeah cool did you? came up with it yourself yeah, the other day i was just, i was in the i was just hanging around and i thought of like um like imagine if there were like a star wars mm-hmm. you know and it's like uh i kind of imagine like a death star mm-hmm. and then like a rebel alliance fighting like you know, like an empire yeah i'm cool. very creative oh you came up with that i did oh wow i had to think about well that you know yeah. and that's mine now mm-hmm. so uh disney Let's talk billions, yeah? Let's talk big money. I don't want to say specifically that John Cena definitely ripped this off. But John Cena, who was a self-identified white rapper boy Mm -hmm. from West Newbury, Massachusetts, in the year 2000, when he would have been, you know, early 20s, he almost definitely, when he was in the gym as the prototype was listening to this album. Yes. There's no way he didn't hear this. No, he, was, he claims to be a lifelong wrestling fan and to have always liked rap. He will have heard this album. He will have heard the line, you can't see me. Or... I'm not sure if Vince McMahon listened to this one and thought that was why it was okay for him to use the N-word because it's used more in this song than any other mm. song on the album. Mm. <laughs> Fun fact about Redman, his dog became Caesar Milan's main dog in The Dog Whisperer. Ooh, Red Dog. Yeah. That's really cool. So there you go. Uh, and also, fun fact about Caesar Milan, 
Uh, an expert in dog welfare told me that he is one of the worst things to happen to dog welfare. Well, it does not surprise me. So there you go. I saw one episode of The Dog Whisperer. It was about a couple that had a dog that kept trying to break into their chicken coop. <laughs> break into their house? Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, Jimmy it, opened the lock? Man. They had a little coop for some chickens and some ducks, and the dog kept breaking in there, or it was scared of them, and it kept trying to, like, every time it saw one, it would have a vicious attack at it. So Caesar Milan got the dog all calmed down and laid down, and got the duck... And then picked up the duck and using its beak stroked the dog's head with the duck. And he said, now, duck on him equals affection. Like, word for word, that's what he said. Duck on <laughs> I've him. got the clip saved so I can show you. Now, <laughs> different now coming up to a Friday night, duck in me gives me affection. Oh, yeah. Big you know, affection. Big, big affection. <laughs> duck on me. Mm, I mean, they are cute. Yeah. Where they do a little stampy feet. Oh, uh, it right? is, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, Dog Whisperer is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Duck Whisperer, the spin-off, though, is pretty much watertight. It is unbelievable. See them fucking ducks over there, man. Uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the greatest moment in the history of wrestling. Right? Yeah, honestly. There's a line here. I was wondering if you could help me with this one. And, it was, you know, if folks at home, you let us know as well. Because there's a couple of times in this where there's words, there's phrases that didn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And my uneducated, dumb ears. Okay. You see that slew of bruisey dudes. Guess who writes them checks? Me. B U double M double E jab. Bummy jab. My soldiers play the back. Bummy. What? B U double M double E. I know what you're thinking. Ain't it great? It is, but we need to find out what it means. Bummy. Um. No. What? Is Vince McMahon telling us that he's from Brum- he's a Brummy? Like, <laughs> is that where he's coming at here? Like, oingers, boingers, clangers, uh, bangers. Easy now. <laughs> Come off it. <laughs> Just so you know, Brummies and Brummies, that's different, right? Yeah, it's not West Brum, mate. All right, it's West Brummage. <laughs> that is funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> remember that little yellow car on TV called Brom. <laughs> Exclusive, an exclusive Brom signed a multi-year contract with TNA. We locked him in. Goodness sake! Woo! Um. So yeah, that was um. Yeah, yeah not great. Not great. Not great. Right. Coming up next. Yes. Would have probably been my favorite song in the album. Oh yeah. But for some research afterwards. However, Sea Murder with I won't stop. This is the fucking Gangrel theme song you always wished you had. Honestly. I swear to God, you play this to Gangrel and the Vampire Warrior would have probably broken down into tears because it is so beautiful. They go heavy on this. Lyrically. Yeah. Musically. Yeah. Thematically. Yeah. They expand the canon of the character. They build the world of Gangrel and I love it. White Wolf, WWF, step aside. The owner of this copyright should be Sea Murder now. Because he cares about it and has demonstrated so in this verse. Did you catch the chorus? Uh, blood. I won't stop till I see blood. I can't stop till I get blood. I hope that's not Chris's blood. 
Gangrel often stopped well short of sitting blood. Yeah. I mean, most of his matches, like... It was red viscous liquid even then when it was blood. But... I was always seeing murder. It like, kind of like, ah, the fucking gothic lifestyle red viscous liquid. He's a vampire. He is outright he is a, vamp- a vampire. I'm drinking blood. Including lines such as, I sleep in a casket. <laughs> that's a vampire like that's vampire there. that's the gothic lifestyle yeah. right there like vampire you know. 101 baby there's a lot of nice evil laughs accompanying the song in the background as well like proper <laughs> he mentions so much here he represents the brood mm-hmm. I need blood I'm looking for a victim the brood I'm with him let's go get him Ooh, mm. I'm sleeping in a casket I kill at night you can't run from me. Look at my teeth. I'm sleeping in a casket and kill at night. I know it ain't right, but I hate sunlight. It's <laughs> oh, so great. At the start as well, they do a little fucking... Did you hear the Freddy Krueger bit? Yeah. One, two, Gangrel's coming for you. Three, four, better lock the door. Seven, eight, Gangrel is not my mate. No, he is not. <laughs> Although I'd like to be. Um, there is also a bit here about... Is it this bit where he says that they are in this search looking for here in life and the hereafter? Hey, what, just, what, what, what? And they just have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> silver bullets, triggers, we pull it. How do you like the taste of that silver gangrel? For fuck's sake. <laughs> it's fucking unbelievable. I love this. This is huge. Yeah. If you're a gangrel fan, find this. If you're a fangrel, you need to hear this. If like. you are all about fanging and banging. Yeah. Okay. You know as well, listen to this, I really thought this probably would have not been out of place in a new porn order gangrel directed no, you, you porn video. Yeah. It has a porn quality to it. There's an aggression to this, uh, an unsettling aggression to this hip hop here. I'm going to use this as a chance to remind everyone that may not know about this as well. Speaking of wrestling and hip hop and gangrel's theme, our old pal, friend of the podcast, yeah. Chris Pilkington. Oh, yes. Many years back when we were just doing season one, he used to do a lot of different mashups for us and different remixes. And we'd often recommend like things to go with Beastie Boys songs. And he ended up making an entire album called Gratitude Era, which is... It's so good. So good. It's like an hour long and it's got loads of promos and it's just Attitude Era themes with Beastie Boys raps put over them. And it works so fucking good. So search Gratitude Era on SoundCloud and look for it. It's so fucking brilliant. And I'll take this opportunity as always to say thank you, Chris Pilkington, for all the fucking fabulous music you did for us over the years. Honestly. It's great. Made the same pro long before we had any right to sound pro. (laughs) Hell of a chap. Now, one little thing stuck in the craw about this and... I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I I did a Google of pretty much everyone who that we uh, who were coming across here because I didn't want to like you know be completely blind to them. You know, there's some people who may have passed away. Mm-hmm. There's people you know who've involved in different things. I, for instance, a lot of the groups they are on are a collectives that also contain Snoop Dogg. Snoop appears yes. on multiple tracks. Yes. So you know, being a philistine, I didn't really know who a lot of people were. So I was googling about them to see what was what mm-hmm. like. Wasn't assuming to find anything, but oh my god, see murder. Uh, the, the, the clues in the name there. Fucking dodgy shit involving him. Oh my god. Yeah, and it was quite the lengthy ass trial, right? Like, t- we're talking decades, right? It's like one of those things where, like, everything about it is rotten. Like, arrested for, like, violent assault and, like, the murder of a, a young, fan? a 16 year old fan yeah. named Stephen Thomas, I think. Young fan, and he gets arrested. He then, the trial is like, 
apparently sketchy. Like, there's lo- We're not doing this justice. There's lo- read up about it. There's loads of evidence. It's stuff like only a couple of years ago there was yeah. an update where someone had to rescind their testimony and stuff like that. The trial was dodgy because apparently the people who were testifying against them, the prosecutors, hid the fact that they had criminal records. So mm. that was then like right to mistrial. He was allowed out on house arrest, and then like the judge who gave him all these concessions lost a re-election bid, and his case was used as like kind of a this is what's wrong with the system type of thing. Yeah. Then they had another trial, and he was found guilty. But then the people mm. who came out of that trial, some of the juries were deadlocked, and apparently two of the jury members were told that they were threatened with their, like, you know, seriously threatened to change their testimony. Someone came out and said that they have actually redacted their... It's an absolute fucking mess. So, yeah, I was having a great time in Vampire Land, yeah. and then I was brought crushingly down to earth yeah and I was like why did I bother I should have just been completely ignorant of all of yeah. this but yeah there you go sea murder involved in some uh, shifty business fun song yeah vampires though very good Wee. 10 out of 10 coming up next oh Adam mm. this is great the East Siders which includes Snoop Dogg this is Big Red Machine Oh! I'll my design to soul. I'm the product of the bottom of a mind of stone. Psychotic over chronic beast with rage and lust. Stomping all opposition to their brains and smush. Cold remorse from the force as the blood pour forth. I endorse only sports under dangerous sort. Seven three first degree maniac unseen. And can't nobody stop the big red machine. Oh, 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 Kevin, they nail it. They use the fucking. You got Snoop Dogg rapping the chorus, like the lyrics are all. It's written from Kane's point of view. Like, make no doubt about it, I am Kane and I am rapping this song. This is what's going on behind the mask all through these years. You Mm -hmm. know, this is what's happening in the cave in Spain on the docks with Glenn Kane. This is what it's all about, and it's fucking great. And you know what I, I really like about it? I love a good sample being used in a in a in a track, you know. But oftentimes I, I feel myself a bit irritated where someone just uses a very, very small bit of a sample. Yes. And then it's like, oh, I need a bit more, please. And you you're, you're waiting in your head for it to like naturally progress to the next part and it won't. Like, like there, there's, there's a song from Persona, which is the one that goes... Right. Great song. I listened to a thing on Spotify the other day. It was recommended. It was like a, a, a rap over that. But they just use... Uh, and I keep going moments hmm, and I've got like a million personas built up inside yeah. me it's bad it is bad for you actually this like. this here start middle and end you've got all the yeah oh. we even get the organ intro and everything like. so the, them lyrics lay them on me Adam let me, on, let me have some of these sweet lyrics Tombstone piles drop my designed assault. I'm the product of the bottom of a mindless thought. Psychotic off of chronic mixed with rage and so, lust. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Kane smokes weed confirmed, mate. He smokes the big dank doobie doos. Sticky skunk confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> big if true. <laughs> Psychotic off of chronic mixed with rage and lust, stomping all opposition till they brains is mush. I'm sorry, before anyone comes out and goes, oh, he's talking about the tag team chronic, this is before no, they entered into is... the Kane canon, right? Yes. Kane's a big, dirty pothead. That yeah. is canonical now. How did X Pac get friends with Kane? And Kane a was a stinky all... skunk. He did, he had a stinky skunk in his basement. That's when Rob Van Damme was. So... All the people he's. Hurricane Helms. He's green-haired. <laughs> Rob Van Dam, X-Pac. Mm, Daniel Bryan. I mean, he's a hemp belt. So we all know what <laughs> hemp looks like. Hey, Adam. Uh, Daniel Bryan. What are you going to do? What's he going to do? He's going to go smoke that belt? 
Oh! Can you imagine? Okay. Oh, very good here. Kane slew Abel. I was going to say, we've still got plenty more Kane lyrics here, Kevin. No remorse from the forces, the blood pour forth. I endorse only sports of the dangerous sort. Which is true, because we remember he tried out for basketball and football. He didn't really care about any of them. It wasn't dangerous enough. 7-3, first degree, maniac unseen, because he wears a mask. 7-3, I'm not so sure about. With the lifts. With the lifts. With the lifts. 7-3, first degree, maniac unseen. And can't nobody stop the big red machine. Oh. Okay, first verse, excellent. We are, we are definitely firmly in the mindset of Kane here. So the, the beautiful lyric, Tombstone pile drive my... What was that? Tombstone piles drop my designed assault. Okay. That's some A-level shit right there. And then the second verse, we get into a bit more of Kane's backstory here. I like to think if you were doing A-level English that you would have written like big poems about Kane. Like. Oh, you're damn right I would have. <laughs> Sonnets like, you know... Talk is talk, you don't know me, you don't see me. I move in silence, instinct straight violence. Quiet as kept, snapping necks for respect. Cain slew Abel, that I never regret. Oh. So now he killed Abel, and he's got no regrets about it. And Cain and Abel, story from the Bible, it is the reason why Cain was given the name. It's because they wanted to play off the biblical brothers type yeah. of thing. Cain slew Abel, Cain and Abel, Cain the Undertaker. Undertaker's original name was Cain the Undertaker, so... Very, very cool. I like it. This is the first time we've had confirmation that Kane did actually... He is that Kane. He is that Kane. From Kane and Abel. This from goes biblical all the way back. times, like... like. Yeah, the Kane family curse, Kevin. Oh my god. I'm a threat to the world, doom, danger, and death. Three counts to submission, meet the saviour, Hisef. Only thing left standing is the almighty Kane. Come in here, bring the fifth, and it course through your veins. Oh, come here, you. Now, I'm guessing that's a fifth of alcohol, but it could also be a fifth of chemicals. There was a word in this that I didn't know, and then I googled the word, and all that came up was the lyrics for the song. What was that? Nephelians? 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 What's the, what's the context of this line, Kevin? We just loped out worldwide figures. I heard you want to match when I was with my Nephelius. Fool, you can't see us, we the East Siders. And we all up in that ass, like Adidas, because we riders. Okay, so it's meant to rhyme with figures. Have they replaced the N-word with a completely made-up word? Because it's like, oh, oh! Kane wouldn't say that. Like. The, the person who's transcribing this was like, they heard that. Oh, well, I can't write that. They're, no, they're, they probably thought, oh, yeah, well, of course, I'm, I'm down with this. Like, you, know, yeah, the, you guys have been hearing about those Nephelius thing. It's a concept, <laughs> I think, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when lyric transcribers really want to seem like they're cool. <laughs> this is my track of the album, though, hands down. Yeah, it's, it's great. I'm like, all about this. Uh, I like the idea of a segment where Kane listens to this, and he looks all angry, and then he looks up and he gives like a thumbs up, and then he <laughs> destroys the Walkman, <laughs> and walks away. Love it. Absolutely love it. Coming up next, Break Down the Walls by... Rah, the rocket man. Rah. You think you know me? Know who we are? Look at me. I'm looking at you, man. You're coming for these kids. Come on. Yeah. Break the walls down. I don't want none. Break the walls down. Break the walls down. I don't want none. Break the walls down. I wrote literally one word for this, which was meh. Yeah, it's rubbish. It's, it's so meh that all the lyrics websites I was looking for, because I wanted to, you know, we're looking for the lyrics because we want to get oh, all the yeah. hidden meaning. Yeah. 
I all know what they're going to say. Yeah, all the excuses are just the lyrics for Jericho's actual entrance music. And they even attribute it to Ra, the rugged man. Like, they're just not like, not actually, like, got the effort to check that it's the right song. Is he getting royalty checks from Stanford? Because that's a Jim Johnson track. I, on the other hand, did actually manage to find the actual lyrics of this song. Excellent, because honestly, Adam, I fucking fell asleep during this. It was so low-key. It's that... It's a drony type of like just no fucking pace or key changes. If I want fucking slam poetry, I'll go home and watch it in a bar. So let's see if you can like relate any of Jericho's career to these lyrics. Come on, baby! The most violent, unstoppable, crazy, crusty, ugly. Hey, hey, baby! It's me, Crusty the Jericho! Ow! Unstoppable, crazy, crusty, ugly. My mother doesn't trust me. I won't. Oh, it's... sorry. If you've read Jericho's book, his relationship with his mother was very, no. very, very close. Oh, okay, good. Very close. Okay. And yeah, that's really fucking. It's actually quite a sad story involved there. It's, do your research, Ra. I walk with a sickness, slash you, break you, take you, throw you on the floor, duct tape you. I'm a monster, bone crusher, dome splitter. We throw witcher, you roll thick, we roll thicker. Human Rottweiler, rip your rib cage out. We flip out, let the rage out. We insane now. And these are the lyrics that we found in your son's science copybook. <laughs> I was just wondering if you thought that was acceptable to be having here at the school. Ah, now you know he only loves Chris Jericho, and this is just, this is all what Chris Jericho would say. He's not crusty, sir. <laughs> not crust Jericho. Crust Jericho. He, Jericho seems like the type of guy who cut the crust off, like, you know. I've never known Jericho to be remotely associated with violence to this degree. Like, he's never been the unhinged maniac. No, because like. even when he was really evil, he was meant to be... Calculated. The, the hinged maniac. You yeah. like Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. That was yeah. his whole inspiration. The silent guy who didn't go, bah! you know, he was no. meant to be, had a lid on it, like. Ripping out rib cages. I go on a shit. cruise with him, like, you know. <laughs> he keeps quiet. Me, like. me, me on a cruise ship with this Chris Jericho in a three piece suit. Quiet! Quiet! <laughs> quiet! Quiet! <laughs> Sounds good. So, didn't like this one, Adam. Shit track. It was a dirty crap track. Boring. Coming up next, this is from the New Age Outlaws, as bad as and Techniac bring us You Ain't Hard. A little funky number, that one. It's got a nice beat. They use the, the bass line from the New Age Outlaws theme. Yeah, they, they use it well. Like. Yeah, it's good. The only bit about it is that, it's, again, it's a real kind of aggressive. I would say to the point that this is so non-Billy Gunn. It's like generic tough guy. Like Yeah, and to think of like the road dog where it's like, I'm fighting all my life, I'm going to bed with my fists clenched. It's like, mm, I don't think that... Mm, you're going to bed with your tongue hanging out, mate. Probably, like, stoned out of your mind. This is 2000 we're talking about now, just so we're clear. <laughs> so, the chorus of this one is very, very soft. Because you ain't hard, you ain't tough. You ain't hard, you ain't tough. It's, it's Those so... Those bullies won't bother me now. It's so soft. Yeah. You... Well, you know what? You ain't hard, mm -hmm. and you ain't tough. Mm. 
So what do you think about that? Mm. Now you keep your voice down because right in next door, your father is listening in and he's very upset. <laughs> I slammed a man. I slammed a man. He left out in an ambulance. <laughs> That's good, actually. Bam, I love that. Excellent. Again, lyrics, I don't think... like If there was going to be a track that was talking about fucking Blazing Chronic and all yes, that jazz... Yes, it should have been this one. You know, if there's, if there's any, any song here that should have been talking about kissing Mary Jane upside down like mm. and pulling down the mask, you think it would have been this one. <laughs> but no, it was just, again, it's on the generic side. Yeah. A little bit more road than Billy Gunn. Certainly not New Age Outlaws. And again, I think a lot of this stuff here, it feels like... If this came out in like '99, even it would have been like, "Oh, damn!" Yeah, you know, it feels like a lot of stuff. Mankind, New Age Outlaws. By the time this came out, which is like pretty much into the summer of 2000, I feel like a lot of this, these acts had either moved on or weren't what they were rapping about now. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather they just did Mr. Ass's theme for this instead. Would have been way more fun. I mean, yeah, that is that is a, a rap built in there. So I love to love them. I love to kick them. I love to shake hands with them. <laughs> I'd love to inspect them. I'm going to have a very frank and honest conversation with them because I'm an ass man, sir. <laughs> yes, I'm an ass man. Coming up next from WrestleMania 2000. Well, well, well. Oh, we're actually going to play the real track. <laughs> Godfather's in the house. Grab your bitches. The Godfather's in the house. The Godfather is in the house because pimping, it's not difficult, but it ain't easy. Pimp or die. 45 uses of the word pimp in this song. And about 55 uses of the word bitch in this song. It's so scary. I mean... Get your bitches. Find your bitches, you bitch. I think modern hip-hop has realised that is use that word bit willy-nilly. Well, I know certain big names in hip-hop have come out and said maybe we need to move away from some of this old verbiage because it's a little bit hateful mm-hmm. or quite a bit hateful mm-hmm. and a bit violent towards your know, women and what. You know, it's, it's just there's so many other words you can use. Yeah. You know, There's a great bit I saw in some um, Netflix documentary. I forget the context of it. And there was a, a stand-up comedian who was saying like the word bitch is ju- I thought it was just funny and you just had to use it because he had the joke where it was like he was playing doctors and he was a kid and like the girl he was playing with they're like five or six years old and she like you know she messed around with him or something like that and then the the the, the punchline was that little bitch didn't have a medical degree or something like right. that and he thought that's the biggest laugh there's no way he can change it but then he went and he changed it back to that little doctor didn't have a medical degree mm-hmm. which actually was funnier and got just the same laugh yeah. and he just he was dared to try it by a female stand-up and he's like it'll never work and then it, that's how he does it now and it's like okay mm. you know like in terms of unnecessary words it's right up there yeah and iced tea says bitch so much in this song mm-hmm. This is how I do it. Mad bitches and clothes. Mm. And Godfather's all about that. Yeah, that is his gimmick summed up. I've got it all, man. Clothes. Mad bitches. Not enough talk of big sticky blunts for my liking, to tell you the truth. No, it's not really uh, Godfather's speed, this one. I do like as well, where he, kind of, he, he buries the Godfather in his own song. He's like, Godfather's in the house. He's got no chance against the best. Oh no! Well, he probably doesn't. He can't it's hold true, the, but... the trousers, mate, are the biggest oh. foe that he's going to have. And then my favorite bit is G O D F A T H E R. Hoes start running when they see my car. 
even though I'm a pro wrestling star. <laughs> In my godfather car. So wait, that women run away when they see his car. I think the idea is that women are fearful because all because they're they are hoes, and if you see the the Godfather, and he's a pimp. And he, he says in that line, of course, he wants his money. So, oh. that would, and then in the end, we get this song's like three minutes. Mm. Ice T's probably active for around a minute ten. Mm. And then we just get Pimpin' Ain't Easy repeated. Mm-hmm. Pimp or Die. Mm-hmm. Break yourself, bitch. Jesus. Break yourself. Fucking hell. Break yourself. That was um, chapter 26 in the Ryback book, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> Break yourself, bitch. Break, <laughs> break yourself and then build yourself up again with stevia and eating for your blood time. It's just a harsh reminder of the laziness, I think, of how, like, you know, there's, there's people who kind of, like, you know, the instance I gave there, it's a standard comedian where it's like, oh, I use it, you know, this word has power in this context and it's a, I need it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm justifying the use of the word. This is just like, I'm just going to say it as many times as I can. Yeah, I'm like. not allowed to say my other favourite swears on this album, so I'll just use this one loads. It's crazy. And it makes for... it's. You know what? Even if they didn't have that word in there, if you replace it with anything else and you change all the lyrics of the song, it's, it is just... It's it's very repetitive. And like, no more is that evident than the fact that Ice-T, one of the biggest stars they ever got at WrestleMania, particularly during the Attitude Era, when there wasn't a lot of stars really that up front and centre like there is now often... Mm-hmm. They didn't get much of a reaction. It was very mute. Because the song is a bit rubbish. Yeah, it's shit. And without D'Lo Brown and Godfather dancing around to make you mm. interested, or Bulby Cannon, the boss man, spoiling it, it hey. doesn't have any impact. Like. No. So I listen to the boss man's theme on repeat after this one. Good thinking. Coming up next, it's a song from a bad man called Mystical. It's Game by Triple H. I'm a dude. background of this sounds so much like a SNES version of my time so like, it's definitely my time because I was like listen to this going oh this sounds doesn't like it but I'm like wait a minute it's like da, 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 and that is the background of my time underneath the that's where you get the and that's what they've got the SNES version of here I thought they might have went for a but they didn't go with that one they went with uh, with my time you know uh, lots of um, lurid lyrics in this one because this is about Triple H and I think that Mystical's been told he's the baddie mm-hmm. so it's very vicious and Mystical is livid now with the customary check of everyone on Wikipedia to see how they're all doing oh no uh, there's some pretty violent uh, oh, shit in, uh, damn it. in Mystical arrested for violent sexual assault rape uh, and coercion uh, uh, several times in his life several so yeah he's, uh, the fact that he's literally like I'm Triple H and I'm gonna kill you I'm like alright if I, I, I what's the name? I, I, I wikied him first. Mm-hmm. Unlike all the other ones, I wikied after. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> and then like, I, yeah, I really liked this track because you've got the one guy Raskas who is like straight up kind of normal rapping, and then Mystical comes in like, and it's like honestly, I thought it made for a really fun track. Yeah, but that was shoot hatred. Yeah, that was shoot horror. It was horrible when he's talking about breaking necks and stamping on tongues. And then mm. he's three times hellified. Um, hellified? Hellified. 
<laughs> like the nicest, most tender barbecue meats available. Over three times hellified in our oak smoked barrels. And it also says, I'm the villain. Boo. I'm the villain. I'm the villain, man. Come on. Did you get the Austin Powers ref in here? No. Uh, what? Adam Bibolo. Some student of the year 2000 you are. Here we go. Let me get. Would 2000 have been Spy Who Shagged Me, maybe? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Spy Shagged Me, yeah. So, this is from Game by Mystical. I'm the man in the iron mask. Breaks... That's that in itself. <laughs> Another great reference, nice reference I'm the man in the iron mask. Break steel guillotines. My name is Ras Cass. Live in Burger King style. Have it my way. All day. Every day. Drink, smoke, lay. The game and no play. Straight out of LA, baby. Get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> Protein diet, just in their Watts riot. That is not the Austin Powers reference. Like, no, he didn't like. God, everyone was about fat bastard in two thousand. Get they? in like, my belly. <laughs> Did you catch there was one like bit of wrestling reference at the end? No, the, the whole way through, it, I was waiting for some Triple H like <laughs> that damn girl or something. It. Yeah. At the end, one of the last lines is "Say hello to the bad guy." Ha! Yeah, very right. Triple H. Uh, you know what it probably is? It's not even Scar Hall. It's just like I, a generic expression. I, I, no, I, I like Scarface. That's it. Like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you may enjoy this track at home, uh. but for me, I didn't have the benefit of nostalgia. Mm. All I had was the benefit of a little bit of research, yeah. of which I was legitimately too scared to delve in any further. Yeah, that's you know? fine. After after C murder, I thought, what well, a you know. I, I, I'm I just gonna we don't want this to be too dark an episode of the podcast no honestly like, like see murder I was like I, fa- I was like I'm just gonna check up on him and then it's like I, I was like I had the notes of a true crime podcast here ready to go people have been waiting for this review for years <laughs> like here it is and what, it's miserable but see murder is sign of events wasn't really a, here on PBS presents AE podcast <laughs> like this attitude era life coming up next in the big show <laughs> Well, you can hear it now yourself. I gas hop when I hit my six-fold pedal. I rock and got fans from ghetto to heavy metal. I took it to the next level. Mac 10 into his house, you guys. He's got a fucking bullet in his bubble goose right here. Got some uh, lyric analysis here from the big show, Paul White. This one is been on my mind for many years. Yep. It's a lyrical fucking train wreck. Just before you get into the lyrics, sorry, you have missed out. It's not just Mac 10. We've got Mac 10, K Mac, Boo Capone, and my favorite, MC I. MC Ice. It's M C E I H T, and I'm assuming that's M C I. Oh, I see. I always thought that was like A apostrophe I G H T, but I guess to each their own of the mm. spelling, like, you know. If we're spelling that down on Multifarnum, it should be different to that now, I'll tell you. Ah, yes, of course. We do have a Pokemon reference in the song. Uh, right at the end. I stay calm, blew up spots like Vietnam, and all the kids go crazy for Boo like Pokemon. That is literally the sign off on this one. Yeah, that's the end. Now. When you looked at my laptop earlier, I had some of my notes open. We've been very busy boys this week, doing a lot of recording, a lot of editing. Uh, what was on my laptop screen, one of my notes? Do you remember? No. <laughs> a little worried now. That's right. Yeah, a diagram of the uh, the womb. 
Yeah. The, the, the inner workings of the female reproductive system. Now, everybody say ho if you love Mac-10. Ho! And to the female fan base that consume, you got to be willing to give up that womb to see my room. So if you're about that and in your mouth I can burst, then oh. meet me backstage and I have some and have some rubbers in your purse. <laughs> give up the womb. Now, at first, this I thought... This is from the big show's point of view, right? Now, I, I thought that give up the womb meant keep the space in the womb available... For me, the only way you'll be allowed to get with me is, is if, if you sire my child. Is if I, yeah, exactly. But then this whole burst in the mouth. Well, that's it. Yeah, bring I, the rubbers. Like, what are you going to do with the rubbers if you're not using the womb? Like, I mean, all right, I get. It. He's the big show. We had the arrow and all that. Like, you know, big arrow. Ha ha. Mm-hmm, very funny. Mm-hmm. But like, look at the diagram here. Like, going past the cervix. Like, you like what piercing through a bladder. Like, what? How is he? You're going up near the fallopian tubes here. You're going mm-hmm. like into the womb. Mm. No. And I kind of feel like I should sit down and just have a quick key stage four female reproductive cycle chat with Mac 10. Because, you know, he, what he is- might be a bit confused. Well, Mac 10 had got Big Show and he got him. <laughs> I can't do it. Come on now, Adam. This joke isn't worth it. <laughs> Tell him, you can't tease me. <laughs> He'd, he'd got him a bottle of lube, but he'd made sure that there was only enough lube in that bottle to get Big Show halfway to the woo. I, I forgive up. I'm, I'm pulling the plug on that one. What's, what's the next track? So I said to Brother Paul. <laughs> it's, it's not worth it. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Big Show admitting to being a bully here. It's the same dude I used to chase around school. I took his lunch money and I laughed because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard such straight up pro bully lyrics before. Well, flossy, flossy, never let nobody boss me. I call the shots, I take the whole pod. <laughs> flossy, flossy. Oh, and this is great as well. Right? This is very much the the big show, million dollar contract with a big downside guarantee. Spend it all now, save what for later. <laughs> <laughs> Penniless big show. Like. <laughs> That's why he's there for so many years. Oh, like, he needs God, the cash. Like... Not saving anything. And the bit that killed me was randomly in the middle of the song, which went, Well! <laughs> I know. Last month I was doing a big boss man for How To Wrestling, mm. which meant I got to revisit all boss man behaving badly and the big show and all that to show Joe for mm-hmm. the first time ever. And it was a lot of fun. Great times were had by all. But the biggest takeaway from it was that when she heard the big show's old entrance music, oh, yeah. literally turned around, eyes aghast, going, why did they change? It's so much better. So much better. And he hadn't even got past well. It was like, well. <laughs> I was like oh! Already, that's a banger compared to the new one. <laughs> Final track. Here we go. Big go home finish. Okay, Buggerheads at home, unhappy, divorced, mm-hmm. getting some crazy new shit, going out into the night with the Ministry of Darkness. He's about to meet my main man Mino, and this is Ministry. I got my reckless foes attacking my foes. I'm an inch away from the crown and my faculty knows. I'm in the middle of the pound, the bottom of the brick, the broad of the road. Sorry, let me stop you right there. This is brilliant. Mm. All right, this is brilliant. 
in spite of the fact that it sounds like an epic rap battles of history from the perspective of Oliver Cromwell okay it does still sound <laughs> really good it's very like da, 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 and then I took the Irish to hell a Connacht <laughs> it was great like really really good this is some motherfucking Christmas cancelling shit right here this is great yeah I think this rap here might have been what rejuvenated Mark to get back into the WWF with a new gimmick and a rap entrance theme of his own. Absolutely. He's in the gym clanging and banging and yeah. dipping and tipping. You know, he's all about this fucking track. It's great. The chorus. Now, I, I want to make this clear. This is the chorus. This is not one line that is said no, once. This is many said times. many times. I'm known as the king, dead man walking. Fear no man, and I live in a coffin. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, sea murder. Can you change that from coffin to casket? It's just that Undertaker needs coffin for a rhyming structure. So, yes, I know you're a vampire. <laughs> I Gangrel's a vampire too. So you're a vampire. Interesting. Yes, mm. but uh, Undertaker need, will need to have coffin. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. It's a structural integrity of the song is that word coffin. Because otherwise, it'd be Undertaker and Gangrel stayed in a coffin. I know after you've been, you know, if you ever had a big breakup, like you have to move in with a mate and all mm. that, it's a little bit, oh, it's a bit different, you yeah. know. It's like, thanks very much, Gangrel. <laughs> I know I done whipped your boy Christian to show you respect, but I appreciate you letting me stay in this double wide <laughs> casket. It's a coffin, cool. <laughs> He lives in a coffin. Yeah. That's very important. Even though this came out in 2000, the lyrics and the music and everything just really made me think of... I was picturing 1997 Warzone FMV Undertaker in my head. Yeah. Saying escape and talking about killing his opponent and stuff. Not really that much about Taker lyrically in this one. This is very much like the music, which is, by the way, I mean... that The ministry. The ministry yeah. theme, it's... It's so great. Like, mm -hmm. this is so... And this is something which you expect, like... There's some great fucking rappers at the moment on, like, Twitter and stuff like that who are taking just little samples of songs, doing raps over them, and they're fucking fantastic. And it's just, like, to think that WWE, like, back in 2000, was able to have a little look at the culture and kind of go, this is hot, this is in, let's have a bit of that. Just put a rap on it. And, like, right now, they seem so fucking tone deaf to stuff like that. Oh, He's, God, yeah. If you look, just take a little look out there, the fucking amazing musical stuff that people are doing, not just rap, otherwise. Like, there's mm -hmm. so much great fucking musical talent, people playing around with wrestling stuff at the moment. And yet, something like this album seems like it's going to be the furthest thing from any wrestling executive's mind at the moment. Oh, yeah, we're never getting this again. Like, Is it because wrestling and music is just viewed as being a little bit corny and hokey? I think it's because WWE has spend, spend, spend on so many different departments at the minute and music is something where it's like, well, we've already got music, just put the stuff we have on Spotify, people will be happy with that. I don't think this is a spend that they would see as necessary to do something like this again. Yeah, I just feel that's like money on the table. There's so many little side ventures and stuff like that. and All their content, they're all about visuals and stuff like that. And I mm. think that, you know what, maybe don't make quite as many shit movies and take one of those budgets and make a couple of fucking albums and you will be really really surprised people would people would fucking love this shit because even now 19 years later even with the kind of cringiness of the time the overuse of certain words mm. and the fact that you know some of these people have went on to do some kind of a uh, some of the artists here that we talk about they went on to do some horrible shit and whatnot mm. even with all that this is still a fucking banger of a listen i'm not gonna lie i had a good time with, with aggression and i didn't expect myself to no honestly i thought i would like one or two tracks tops on this but i enjoyed the majority of the album some of this has gone on my gym playlist now like cause some of it is genuinely good hip-hop like what are your top three tracks 
And what is your absolute big stinker from this one? Top three has got to be the the A-Siders doing Big Red Machine. That is my mm. fave by far. The Kings by Run DMC. Like, I already liked that, but I like it even more after having listened to it in its entirety. And probably Know Your Role by Method Man, because those three tracks really just, like... Well, not in the DX case, but the Method Man one, that he really hit the nail on the head with what the rock is all about. Yes, like, absolutely. In terms of lyrics and sound. The ultimate stinker on this... Honestly, it's probably break the walls down because I've got nothing to say about it. It's I barely boring. remember it, like, or maybe yeah. wreck because I really feel yeah. like to take a theme as iconic as mankind's and as catchy and as simple, like that's one of the ones that Chris Pilkington did do a remix of, and he proved that you can put a beat, you can put a rap over mankind's music. Oh, or you can even put a podcast over it. <laughs> it, it can be done. But this was just like, oh, we got this great theme. Why don't we take the car from the start of it and then we'll put something else in altogether? So yeah, I think for me, top three, top one definitely has got to be, um, it's, it's got to be Method Man with the Rock says. Mm-hmm. I fucking I thought it was great, like just really on brand, on point, like. And I didn't like it at the time as a kid, but like looking back, it's like fucking hell. Method Man, The Rock. Very rare we got like that much on like on point great crossover appeal. Like really fucking well done. Big Red Machine. I put Big Red Machine there alongside Gangrel as kind of like mm. using the theme and the lyrics at the same time. You know those are both really really fucking great. And I've changed my tune. I, I'm, I will put number three for Run DMC. I was wrongo, big wrongo, and I am now correcto. They are the kings of rock who... What? Kings of rock what? What? (laughs) (laughs) So we have settled in and we have finally finished our long overdue review of Aggression. What did you think of WF Aggression? What are some of your favourite lyrics or choice cut tracks? Let us know in the comments below. And if there's any other musical offerings from the world of wrestling you think that we might be interested in at some point in the future, do let us know. There is, of course, forcible entry, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, that would be the uh, great era of new metal that was in 2003 and mm. 4. I shouldn't have said, oh, fuck it now. I've put my foot in it, haven't I? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> well, until next time, thank you very much for this one-off bonus look into some musical offerings here. Thank you very much for being a backer at Patreon. And as always, you can bump up to a $10 backing, get access to the Q&As. And you can always come a $20 backer to get access to the entire archive of AE commentaries or commentary tracks, which you can play over wrestling movies and documentaries. There's over a dozen of them. If you were to buy them separately, it would be an inordinate amount of money. But you get them all for a one-off lean mean payment of $20 by becoming a Dan Seven tier backer. You become the human embodiment of the pleasure of a cheesecake to Dan the Beast Severed. Until next time, it's going to be a goodbye from me, Kevin. And me, Adam. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast.